Hello, my friends, and welcome to this edition of the New World Kirtan Podcast. It's Thursday, September 28th, 2017. I'm Kitsy Stern, and I produce the podcast as an act of love and service to our global Kirtan family. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. Well, we're now back in Corvallis after a beautiful vacation on the East Coast. But while we were there, our town suffered terribly from smoke because wildfires were raging all around it. When we got back, as we were approaching Portland in the airplane, it started to smell like smoke and the pilot assured us not to worry that it was from the wildfires down below us. Um, And when we got to our car in the airport parking lot, it was covered in ash. The air quality was really bad. Um, But luckily we had a few days of rain and that cleared out a lot of the smoke and helped put the fires out. But these fires, they just seem to get worse every year and it's really a concern out here. Um, On the physical therapy front, I'm jazzed because I have discovered compression tights. (laughs) What a wonderful invention. They really support my muscles in the new patterns I'm trying to reinforce, and movement is just so much easier when I'm wearing them. So I'm basing my winter wardrobe around compression tights. Things are really looking up. I'm getting stronger, and people have told me I'm moving better, so that's really good. I'm now taking a class at the gym called Rock Bottom. You can just imagine the lunges and the squats involved in that one. I hate it. But I keep going because it's working. Uh, I just love doing this interview with Jen Canfield of the Call and Response Foundation and Ian Basio of the Atlanta Kirtan community and the Kirtan band Blue Spirit Wheel. But it seems not every solution for recording interviews over the internet is always flawless, and so I apologize for the sound. But this interview is kicking off a new direction for the podcast. I felt really deeply drawn to creating community lately because I feel community is what is going to save us in these troubling times. Our Corvallis Satsang community has been an endless well of love and support for me, and the way it has grown has been astonishing. We started with four people about nine years ago, and over 50 came for our band September Kirtan. So the direction of the podcast for the foreseeable future is to show you ways you can create a kirtan satsang in your community and how to sustain it once you have it up and going. To that end, New World Kirtan is partnering up with the Call and Response Foundation to help foster kirtan communities around the world with resources to help them start and flourish. This partnership is going to be very cool. We'll have an interactive map on both our websites so you can see where kirtans are being held in your area. Or, you know, you can find one if you're traveling. We're retooling the New World Kirtan website. And soon it will have a page with resources like chant charts and fundraising and donation guides, links to New World Kirtan podcasts with set lists you can use for your kirtans, and a database of community kirtans around the world. We'll be featuring Community Kirtan, so if you have a success story, let us know about it. I think you'll enjoy this interview. Jen and Ian will give us their take on the current scene and let you know about the resources available now to help you begin a satsang in your community. Are you going to be the one? The chants at the end of the podcast are some that the New World Kirtan Band plays at our monthly kirtan, 
and they are much beloved by our community. The charts with chords for these chants are in the chant book at our website. So go to the top toolbar and it's under the tab, What is Kirtan? You can also see videos of our band at the New World Kirtan website and see some of the songs we do. I'm so happy we're getting ready to welcome Krishna and Gershon this weekend. They were here last year and they were so well received. We loved their kirtan and their beautiful spirits. I don't know what's up next with the podcast. I'm going to let spirit guide me on that one, but I'll be back soon, my friends. And until then, namaste. All right. Well, today I am just so happy to welcome Jennifer Canfield of the Call and Response Foundation and Ian Basio of the Atlantic Kirtan community and uh, the band, the Kirtan band, Blue Spirit Wheel. And I've invited them to the New World Kirtan podcast today to talk about community kirtan and uh, and what what Jennifer's organization is doing to help communities get started. If you want to start a community kirtan, the Call and Response Foundation is here to help you. And also, how do you start a kirtan community? And and I'd like to ask Ian about that. You know, how did the Atlanta kirtan community start? And what does it take to maintain a kirtan community? And so, welcome to the both of you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Hi, Kitsy. <laughs> Hi, Ian. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> so, Jennifer, I'd like to start with you. Why don't you tell me what the Call and Response Foundation does? Sure, I'd love to. It's one of my favorite questions to be asked, um, especially by people who know about Kirtan. So we can skip the part about uh, what is chanting, because I'm assuming your listeners will know what that yes. is. And our mission is really simple. We uh, provide opportunities to make the practice of chanting available to more people. And our goal is to have a million people by 2020 that have chanted together, uh, gone to an event together. We keep track um, as best we can of, of how we're impacting the world. And I, our, you know, kind of our flagship program right now is grassroots community kirtan. And we believe that that is the way to encourage the practice, to offer it to more people, to make it available, to make it affordable. And so this program's been going, this is the second year, and we're up to 13 cities that we are together with. Yeah, it's great. We started, I think, just with one and then two, and then just the word got out and uh, people have contacted us and the program is, is growing fast and, and it's also giving back, which is what we wanted. So you can't ask for a better outcome than to give and then have it give back and then it spreads. And so the ball is rolling. Wow, that is that is awesome. And um, Ian and I were talking about this earlier. You know, I really think that focusing on community and that's really the heart of Kirtan, isn't it? It's kind of like local communities getting together and and doing this practice together with your friends and family or whoever else you want to bring in. Yeah, I mean, the concept of satsang or, you know, that's a Sanskrit word that loosely means gathering together for the for the sake of truth. Um, I mean, we all need that. And so we're hoping and seeing that these community events that are regularly held and we always try to do it in the same place at the same time, you know, pick a day once a month, once a week, we have varied schedules. Um, people can rely on that. And we're getting testimonials back 
that are just so heartwarming, you know, changes in people's lives, things that you would never expect just from mm-hmm. offering a gathering point to chant the names. And, um, I, I, you know, we love having bands like the one you're in, Ian, come and, you know, we've, what we've done is kind of interspersed having visiting bands come now and then. Um, and that really ups the energy and inspires people and, um, so we're, we're meshing that uh, kind of traveling Kirtan band model that we're all familiar with, with, with the grassroots model, because there need to be teachers and there needs to be mentors. And um, so that seems to be working really well. Yeah, that's great. You know, and, and Mike Cohen also has a, um, he has a program that teaches uh, people how to be Kirtan leaders and how to start a Kirtan band. I just wanted to put that in here in case people are looking for a resource. He's a great resource. Um, and, and do you find that most people are forming bands, or are they are they doing uh, are they doing chanting to CDs? Um, what we're finding it's varied, so it depends on the region. So some areas it's like there are just like this strange, I don't know what the word is, maybe plethora, you know, of of small grassroots kirtan bands. Like uh, Northampton Amherst Mass is a perfect example. I think we've counted like 12 or 15 small bands that have formed just by themselves that are uh, available to offer chanting. So we've rotated those through. And then another area like my home area, Burlington, Vermont, we have people like single people who know how to lead. And so then we've slotted them in every week. And sometimes musicians will sit in and sometimes it's a cappella. And so, and then we have another place where there's really just one guy who does it every week and he has supporting musicians and then other people become empowered and they take a week and they say, I could do it this week. And so that's what we're finding is it's not so much bands, but that people are realizing that it's not that hard to lead a chant. And especially when you have a community supporting you, it seems to be happening. It's interesting to me to hear how other people are doing this because here, we have a live band once a month and then we supplement on um on other friday nights with a a, a set of um of chants that i'll put together it's it's almost like a um a personalized podcast set for for my community here in corvallis and uh and then we'll have a meditation at the end sometimes we'll do humming um in the middle as deva pramal's website uh she she's a big big fan and and has a whole whole uh, page on her website about this, about uh, about satsang circles, and how to do it, and uh, you know ideas for people who might want to do this in their community. So I mean, I think this uh, it, it would be, I think this is gathering steam, and it's kind of cool to see it happen. Yeah. What are, what is the Sacred Sounds University program, Jen? That is a program that um, has been going on for about five years where we send artists to universities and colleges. And we've had really amazing events with that. The, the one that comes to mind right away is at Rutgers University, and that's been with Goravani and Vish and the Mayapuris. Um, they are up to seven to 800 students now at these <gasps> events. Wow. I know it is amazing. It gives me goosebumps just to talk about ah. it. They have a very active bhakti club at Rutgers. So what we've been trying to do is to connect and communicate with bhakti clubs. Um, there's more than you would think at universities. We've done the research. Ah. We have 
Um, and this might be something, Ian, that you might be interested in too, if there's something in Atlanta. Um, and we find that universities sometimes have funding that other places wouldn't have, so the artists can get paid. Um, so this happens twice a year now at Rutgers, and it's just amazing. Just to They do a nice job with promoting it, and they have YouTube videos about the event, so you could actually search for um, Rutgers Sacred Sounds, and you'll, you'll see some of the videos of the, uh, the experiences that the students are having. It's very ecstatic. Um, and if either of you know Goravani, oh, yeah. he's just, yeah. he's the master yeah. <laughs> of, you know, weaving the charm and getting people excited and dancing and at the same time being true to the practice, which I think is really a wonderful balance. That's a, that's good to hear. I mean, uh, you know, in my experience of, of kind of touring around and booking gigs and stuff like that, um, I've actually found that, that college environments are not typically the most uh, sort of fertile ground um, for this kind of thing and and you know it's it's really great to find that that somebody is is developing a way to sort of get into this stuff you know I've received a sort of a lot of resistance or, or sort of non-interest um, generally speaking it's sort of like in college towns in general in a lot of ways and I think it tends to be because um, you know, oftentimes the the audience for Kirtan sort of skews older, um, and uh, you know the kids are busy doing what they're doing, and and you know they need some they need something with more structure and and sort of um, uh, energy behind it, supporting it. I think for it to really break into their consciousness. So it's it's great that you're doing that. Yeah, I think that we found the opposite, and and I think the only reason we found that Ian is because we have been able to open the door at certain mm -hmm. places with the right person. So right. either a chaplain or Hindu club or a bhakti club. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't work if to just present it. I think we have done right. a couple of those where it's like, well, this isn't being, you know, it's not being promoted the right way. It's not being described the right way. Mm -hmm. um, but we had an event with the Hanuman at Wellesley University a few years ago that was, you know, really well attended and you know we weren't sure about the demographics there and that wasn't through a bhakti club mm -hmm. it was just through the chaplain so it's i think you just have to find the right door and that's one yeah. of the things that our foundation can offer that know, sounds absolutely right yeah, yeah artists artists that want to do that we're here to offer that service to help yeah. you know i just want to put in a plug here too for um our experience with the unitarian church here in corvallis um they have been wonderful and they designated Kirtan as worship, and so uh, we're part of their worship committee, and um, and so we have access to rooms um, at very low rates for visiting Kirtan artists, but also it has enabled us to have a stable place to play with a community that uh, some of them come from within the Unitarian Church, but, but a lot of them come from outside. But um, Unitarian churches are, are, are a possibility uh, and to me, they offer more possibility than yoga studios, perhaps, um, for artists and for, um, you know, expanding into the community under the umbrella of, of, of an organization. And um, anyway, we've had a really positive experience, so I've been encouraging people to, uh, to check out their local Unitarian churches and see what's possible. Um, Jen, another thing I wanted to ask you about was that uh, you chant aid in prisons and hospices and hospitals. I mean, how, how does that, how are you, how is that working? 
Um, it's working really well. <laughs> and so, huh, the way that we have uh, planned that is we work, we work a little bit less now with artists than we used to, but we do still work very closely with with a group of artists and uh, Gorvani, the Hanuman, the Mayapuris, uh, Benji and Heather of Shantala. Um, and one of the things we do with them, whenever we are planning anything with them, we always put in um, an outreach event. Uh, David Newman's another one that we have worked closely with. And the outreach events have been at the places you just listed. So uh, recovery centers have been a huge successful place for us to go we have now sites that we go regularly um sometimes once a month an artist will visit uh sometimes uh less than that and yes we've gone to hospice the prison program has been really well received um if you know benji and heather at all they've been doing this for years yeah i'd I'd really love them to talk about it yeah but yeah that would be good and i can't say we invented any of that with them we've just supported them and um so that's one of the things that that program does we have a few other people that are doing chanting in prisons around the country and what we ask is that they make the arrangements like they find the contact and then we step in and help verify you know what's happening that it's through a nonprofit, that it's you know legitimate you know legitimate practice that we're offering it's not religious necessarily but it's could be part of their spiritual program um and that's been a great way to do it and then we can give a stipend to the artist to support their their gas their travel their meals um and that we did it with krishnadas actually here in vermont um and i think that was his first experience in a prison went to a woman's prison here in burlington Mm. and it was amazing wow you know it just yeah and for him too um so i could talk on and on about that and we did we did actually a few programs in atlanta ian at the skyland trail it's a yep. psychiatric hospital i remember yeah when uh when the hanuman were here i think yes yeah and and that's a place that's that's very receptive to having kirtan come in uh mm-hmm. david newman did a two-week tour last year of only outreach sites wow he, yeah. he visited autistic children's center uh he visited homeless shelter uh state psychiatric hospital and we're going to do that again with him this fall Mm. um and he fundraised for that and so did we and so that's how we were able to you know make it work but it's just those are the that's the reason i do this work you know you can probably tell it's like it makes me so happy to watch this practice be received by people that you would never imagine would resonate with this but you know old folks homes Mm -hmm. david he david had people standing up clapping you know like it was just amazing i bet that was really great to see very heartwarming wow and so you don't uh you also encourage local groups to go into into these settings um or is it absolutely uh, yes absolutely no i think the limiting factor for us is just staff it's me it's basically me and you know what we're trying to do is to create relationships with people like yourself ian mm-hmm. around the country who are committed to this practice who would be willing to you know go to a recovery center go to an older folks home and then we can in turn you know provide some financial support wow how great is that i've been aware of your organization for a while uh jen but i i wasn't quite sure you know what you did and i'm, I'm just so glad that we had an opportunity to clarify that because the people who are listening yeah. here 
who, who many of many people have contacted me asking me how they could start this in their communities. And if you're listening, this is a really great resource for you guys. Um, another really good resource I'm going to put in a plug here for the podcast is that um, we have a whole series of podcasts called uh, Let's Play Kirtan that um, that have songs that are band covers with the music. And so the podcast is actually a, a grouping of those songs um, that are band plays that are pretty easy to play and then sheet music so that you guys can play the chords on your harmonium or on your guitar or on your piano, whatever it is that you want to play. And that gives you the, um, the resources to get started. Uh, and, and you know, it's, Kirtan is not complicated music and that adds, as a performer, you know, you don't want to be so, occupied with the arrangement and the chording and you know everything else that you can't have your own experience playing um and that was really important to me uh because i want my playing kirtan to be part of my practice and not quite you know the intellectual uh uh acrobatics that you know a lot of regular music takes so um so anyway uh for me it's been really fulfilling and uh and i hope that other people can can find that as well um, Ian, could you, could you tell me how you started in Atlanta? How did the Atlanta, because you guys, ah, oh, man, what a community you have there. I, I, I'm so impressed with the spirit and the generosity and everything about it. So how did it start? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply, you know, humbled and simultaneously proud, um, about how everything here in Atlanta has, has kind of manifested and and what it's become over the years i mean i would say this about the way it started so you know atlanta had um you know back let's say uh 12 years ago or more um there were a few things happening here in the sense of um you know like the self-realization fellowship temple had their kirtan band the kashi ashram had their kirtan band Siddha Foundation had, you know, there, you know, it was a lot of house bands that were kind of happening as part of these larger organizations. And unless you were really wanting to be involved with the larger organization, people weren't really going yeah. uh, as a regular thing. Um, I mean, it sort of felt a little bit, I guess, like if you went to that, you were, you were kind of subscribing to whatever the, you know, whatever the philosophy of the organization was. Um, so it's a little bit off-putting in that way. When I moved here, um, you know, and that, that being the situation when I moved here, I was coming from Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, there was, you know, this kind of very vibrant uh, uh, Kirtan community there that was totally independent. Um, and it was surrounding certain artists like Claire Oakes and David Newman and, and other people that, that I was getting the opportunity to play with who were sort of these free-floating uh, uh, music groups that were traveling around and playing at different yoga studios and other things of that nature. So when I first moved to Atlanta, that was the thing that I immediately noticed didn't exist here. Um, so, I mean, the simplest thing to do was just to start one. Um, and I, I happened to find myself in a position uh, where you know, there was a guitar player and a drummer who I was talking to that wanted to do the same thing. And um, so we put together a band. The band was called Bhakti Messenger. 
and it was really, in many ways, the first band of its kind on the local scene here. And so we, we kind of became uh, sort of a, a bit of a missionary uh, uh, for, for Kirtan in general and, and sort of chanting practice in general in that we would then travel around. Metro Atlanta is absolutely massive, um, is, is one of the things. I mean, you know, if you're talking about more than five million people um, in a pretty small area, mm-hmm. generally. So we were able to, uh, we played a lot back in those days. We were doing, uh, you know, three or four gigs a month um, and just wow. bouncing around to different to different corners of Yoga the city. Yoga studios? Uh, yeah, mo- for the most part. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, we were doing some Unitarian Church stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the, my fellow uh, um, singer, composer, guitarist, Phil McWilliams, was connected more into um, the kind of uh, like the church scene, um, and so he got us a bunch of gigs like that. There's a great church up up uh, north called um, called Unity North, which is this giant, beautiful place. They had us come and play at their Sunday service uh, a couple of times, and uh, and and so we were just kind of bouncing around. I was just calling up yoga studios, kind of cold, cold calling people, and just saying like, hey, you know you want to do this and and was receiving just you know uh, overwhelmingly positive reactions to that um in the sense of like you know there was clearly a desire for it but nobody to provide and there was very occasionally you know people were coming through back in those days it was really like um uh David Newman and Wah were the two uh artists who were were making a point to, to kind of come to Atlanta and, and you know, once a year um, and do that. But we weren't really seeing hardly anything um, as far as, as artists passing through the area um, at that time. So it really kind of snowballed uh, from there. You know, it just was a lot of kind of elbow grease and driving around to, you know, different parts of, of the, the city and the suburbs that, you know, people who lived here their whole lives had never mm-hmm. been to in mm-hmm. the band. And, uh, and, and just meeting all of these, you know, the many communities that were in this area. So we're sort of lucky in that way here that it is such a huge concentration of people um, that, you know, it's, it's, easy to, it's easier perhaps to find uh, pockets in there where, where there's a lot of interest. But um, the, the community itself really took off when, uh, when we created the Chantlana Sacred Music Festival. Um, and, and that was really, you know, that was really the main mission of, of that festival was to, to kind of like, you know, what we were seeing was, uh, you know, that there was a lot of spiritual stuff going on in the city around, uh, sound healing and, and different kinds of, of, of sacred sound meditations and, uh, you know, a lot of, of, of chanting that was happening in one way or another. And it, but it was all very separated and and kind of isolated in a lot of ways and so it was kind of bubbling below the surface but but hadn't really emerged into a community yet and 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 the festival sort of provided a focus for that in terms of like we went out and contacted all of these people and brought them all together you know at that time we didn't have that many kirtan bands actually in atlanta so we were drawing people from you know from Asheville. we were bringing bands down and um uh from athens and from you know from other nearby uh, uh, kind of urban centers, um, and, and to just kind of pull it together into one big kind of, you know, 
bombastically public thing that then was free to attend. So anybody who'd ever thought, you know, like I might be interested in checking out this chanting thing had, you know, wouldn't have a reason to hmm. not do it. Uh, and I remember, you know, we, we were doing the festival at this, uh, this big old Baptist church in, in, inside the city. And, and, um, you know, we used to do it just where we would have the, the front doors of the church, you know, flung wide open on Saturday night and, and the sound would just be, you know, kind of blowing out into the, into the street. And I just would get, you know, because I was kind of keeping an eye on things a lot of the time, I, I would just get people coming in who would say, you know, I was just walking down the street and there was this sound coming out of the church and the door was open. So I came in and, and they're just blown away uh, by it and, and then became parts of our community, you know, they, but it was just something that they didn't even know uh, really existed. So after Chantlana became a thing, we started doing that every year. Um, at that point, the, the, the Kirtan community in Atlanta, you know, like really started to take off. And that was where just, you know, very similarly to, uh, and, and I think using, you know, our band Bhakti Messenger as a model, um, people were just like kind of finding themselves in groups of friends who were interested in putting something together and, and, and they would just sit down and, and start to work it out. And so, um, you know, things have shifted around and, and changed over the years, but I think, you know, we sort of maintain here, um, a community of maybe like five, six, seven bands that are all wow. active, uh, at the same time. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of it being, um, as particularly what I'm seeing most often is really like a, a combination of, uh, there, there are people who perhaps are, uh, you know, longtime musicians in one way or another, uh, maybe coming from some other kind of, uh, musical genre like I did. Um, and then there are people who are like totally new, but just their, you know, the depth of their, uh, of their desire to share is, is, is just so tremendous. And are, um, excuse and, me for interrupting. I'm yeah. just curious, are most of these bands doing original music or are they doing covers? Um, most of it is original hmm. music. Yeah. Almost, almost all of it, I would say. Um, you know, we have, what we do now, which I think is really kind of fun is I, I, I instituted this thing that I call, uh, the North Georgia Kirtan All-Stars. Um, which is where I pull together Kirtan Wallace from all these different bands and we form like a super group. Uh, and we do Kirtans together every once in a while where, where, you know, we all take turns leading stuff. And it's kind of funny because I, you know, in that situation, you know, rather than chanting one of my own songs, I, I typically pick a cover song to do just because I never do that. Um, and, and, and it just, you know, it seems unusual, I guess, um, on the scene for somebody to do that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I will, uh, 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 chant the Krishnadas or, or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much, you know, people here are really dedicated to kind of creating their own, their own sounds and their own, their own means of expression. Wow. So, uh, um, it's just, it's, it's deeply rich and, and Chanlana <laughs> provides such a wonderful platform for everybody. And, and we've really tried to keep it on that level, sort of like, you know, what we're talking about here, Chantlana is, is really a community event. And it's a, it's an event that's designed to celebrate the community that we have 
and and it's always been a big part of 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 the whole thing is it's just like there's no bands that get thrown together to play at Chantlana. There's no, uh, you know, it has to be something that exists in the community. It has to be something where you can see this and experience this at the festival and then go and yeah. do it again. Because it's a regular thing that's happening. That's always, you know, part of the, how we how we determine who's going to, gonna, you know, take, take part in the festival. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Huh. Yeah, so. It's a tremendous, uh, you know, we had, you know, we'll typically bring in maybe one or two people um, who, you know, just for the sake of variety, um, who are from out of town. Like, I think when you were here, we had Hugh Dose right. that year. Right, yes, you did. But, uh, but there, yeah. Uh, and we had, and we, we brought in Bob Saima uh, uh, th this year. Um, so, uh, but, but that's very, that's a very small, that's sort of the exception, I think. In it, and it, and it remains always something that's about sort of boosting this community and keeping the energy flowing through this this community. And and it's you know it's it's not an easy thing to do. And and it's but it's you know it's it's fueled by people in the community who just really want it to happen, um, who who just are really dedicated to it and are willing to put in the time and the effort to to uh, to actually run it. You know, without getting yeah. paid. Um, yeah. And so it's it, it's a phenomenal uh, 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 thing in and of itself. So that's really, you know, that really was the that really was the way that it, it it started was just to kind of like, you know, I came down here with with the model of the Philadelphia Kirtan scene in my mind, and we started to create something like that. And then and then this festival or this kind of public gathering, where where people could come and sort of experience a lot of what people had to offer all at once. Um, was this, you know, this really tremendous catalyst for it. I think what it really takes is one person in a community saying, this will be. And, I mean, like you went down there with that purpose and people gathered around you. And um, I, I haven't talked to too many other people who are leading kirtans or are part of, you know, in, in their community. But that seems to be the common thing is that if, if the community doesn't have one person who says, okay, you know, we're going to do this, there's no rallying point. Um, and that certainly, is, that certainly is something that I have experienced in touring with Blue Spirit Wheel is coming into these communities where they don't have anything. Um, and, and it's, and I think you're right. I think it literally is that. I think there is just not there isn't that one person who's who's stepped up and said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna create yeah. this now." Yeah. Um, and so you know, we come into these communities from Atlanta, where there's like so much happening all the time. There's all these bands playing, and and you know, and we come into these places where there people are just like starved for it. You know, um, they want it, but there's but there's nobody. There's there's just nobody really taking it. Yeah, on. it's interesting. You know, out here. There's really nothing in Portland. I mean, there, as you said, there are there are Kirtan communities that are attached to to an individual ashram or whatever. But there's no there's no weekly practice. And you'd think that Portland is a big city. You'd think that someone would have taken it on. There's no one in Salem, that is about 45 minutes yeah. north of us. There's um, there is somebody in Eugene, and there is a community growing down in Eugene around Kirtan. But you know, it's it's funny. You would think that there this would be a hotbed given you know, how progressive and yoga uh, centered it is, but it's not. And and just needs 
a person, you know, to say, uh, and it's not that hard, really, because once you step up, all these people, as you said, who are starving for it come out of the woodwork and um, and you get a lot of divine help. There's like a divine wind behind this project. I don't know if you guys feel it, but man, I can just feel it. It's like there is a deep need for this. And I think that if you start to um, if you start to promote it in your community, you're going to get a lot of help that maybe you never expected you'd get. Well, and I, I love the idea of what we're talking about here and about what Jennifer is doing um, and, and about what you're trying to do as well, Kitsy, in the sense of like part of the problem that I think maybe occurs is when you have communities like we've encountered where, you know, a band like us that's on tour is traveling through, we're like, you know, reasonably professional musicians. Um, and, and I think we're pretty good at what we do uh, as far as playing our instruments and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and the trouble with that is that perhaps people might think that they need to be that, yeah. that good. Or do it. original music. Um, and, like, I can. Yeah, or, the, yeah. or that, yeah, or, or be playing music. And, and I think that, you know, I think uh, that you're absolutely right in the sense of, of uh, you know, we need to, to kind of foster this idea that it's not that hard. It's actually really mm -hmm. quite easy um, to do. And I've played a lot of different kinds of music in my life, and this is perhaps um, in many ways the most simple um, you know, or, or it's at its best when yes. it is simple. Boy, I, I really agree uh, with that. And, you know, and then, as I said, it allows you to have, as a musician, it allows you to have your own experience when you're playing. It's a co-formance. It's not a, it's not a performance. It's a co-formance in that, you know, the band and the, and, and whoever is chanting with the band, we all become one. And if you've got a bunch of complicated music in front of you, if you're not a very good musician, that can be really intimidating. Also, if you don't, write your own music. Um, for somebody like me, I'm an adequate musician, you know, a much better singer than a player, but I can totally play kirtan and, uh, because it's not that hard. And so, um, you know, you just get a little bit of training and it's, it, there's flight schools all over the place that, uh, you know, David Newman has one and, um, and Dave Stringer has one. And I, I don't know whether Sean has, uh, of the, Sean Johnson has one of the, um, um, you know, it's Oh, about the immersion. So there you go. So there are plenty of places that you can. Yeah, I'm going to start going to yeah, some of these actually... things. Anyway, go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say that's something that we have identified as an issue because I think a lot of those flight schools, I did one with Dave Stringer many years ago and it changed my life, but I got to go because I got a scholarship at Kripalu, you know, and I think a lot of these programs are not cost affordable mm. for people. And I think that's where we're bumping up against, you know, how can we develop some retreats, some programs where people can come either for free or for very little to learn how to lead chants. And uh, actually, we're doing a retreat this fall with David Oss, who's a, um, an artist in New York. And we found a YMCA camp that is allowing us to use their facility for very inexpensive and we're going to be able to offer this retreat on how to lead Kirtan for you know, a awesome. super affordable price. And I feel like, you know, it just becomes so exclusive when you're looking at, you yeah. know, $1,000, 3000 5000 to go to Kirtan camp. And I think that's one of the issues that we are trying to address. We also do scholarships and grants uh, for people. And I mean, the other thing I wanted to mention as you guys were talking is that whole concept that we in the West here have of music 
being, you know, an audience and a performer is, is something that I think is important to, to both recognize and then to try to overcome because in, at least in my, at least in my experience, Kirtan was never designed to be like mm-hmm. a musical performance. And we, we definitely have made it that and it's beautiful and all of us love going to experience that, but everyone is a musician. And I think that's something that it's important to, to offer to people that, you know, you don't have to be, be a trained musician to do this. Some of the best leaders in our local community don't play any instruments. Really? You know, they're just, yeah. yeah, they're just decent singers and they can do this acapella. And I think that's, that's been a wonderful thing for me to watch is just for someone to lead with their voice. And it's, it's enough. Um, but, you know, as Westerners, we want all of the, all of the accoutrements, you know, we want, every, yeah. <laughs> we want more. And so I think, you know, paring it down to its most simple offering is a really beautiful thing. And I encourage people to, to try it that way. Um, you know, without all of the, I mean, I love all the bands, don't get me wrong, I do. And I think they're amazing and inspiring. But I also know that sometimes for people to start, like you were saying, Ian, uh, when they look at how you guys can offer Kirtan as a band, they think, well, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. But, but in effect, it's supposed to be praying. And right. so if, if we look at it that way, uh, we don't have to have the credentials as a musician to be able to offer this. We have to have the credentials of a, of a person, you know, searching to offer light, to, to make the world a better place. Like, those oh, are the credentials. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing we've bumped up against is people maybe thinking, well, I can't rent a place. You know, I can't rent the, the Unitarian Church Hall because I don't have an extra $100 or $50 or whatever uh, a week to do that. And so that's where we can step in because our program does start by underwriting the rental costs. And, you know, we just started one in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, one person, like you guys were saying, uh, really wonderful young man, worked with Ram Dass for years and now moved to Boston and wanted to start something there. We had many conversations on the phone and he finally found a church that offered him their space for like way below what they normally do because... He told them they were affiliated with, with a nonprofit. He explained the program, you know, and they just loved the concept. And so, you know, for $50 an evening now, he has this incredible mm. chapel. And, and then he doesn't have to worry about where is that $50 yeah. coming from? You know, it's, it's that, that's already taken care of. And I think we're finding that sometimes that seemingly small hump of the rental cost is what stops people from starting things. And I know people, well, Brenda Batuan is one, right? She has, she has Kirtan in her, in her home. Yeah. In her living room. Yeah. She's a dude friend. (laughs) Yes. Brenda's great. She does. And, and that's one, that's another wonderful model. I love the living room Kirtans. And again, it's often just community that comes and none of us, uh, you know, I play like three or four instruments, but I didn't have any training. And what I've noticed is I've become empowered, you know, Mm. by, by doing this with people that, it doesn't have to be perfect. It it just has to be, I think, offered right way. So wow. that's kind of, yeah, that's how our mission is, is going out into the world, is uh, looking for people with those credentials. Yeah. It is beautiful. And, and I think someone listening to this who who has in their mind that they love to do this, but they don't know how to get started. They don't have any extra money for room rental. 
aren't very good musicians but just have this or don't consider themselves to be very good musicians right everyone has everyone has this gift everyone has their voice and unfortunately in this culture we've been taught that you know only good singers can sing and that's so not true and it's only this culture that feels this way um but uh you know i mean singing has always been a natural form of human expression and um the fact that you can sing kirtan and have all your voices blend as a gift to god is just such a beautiful thing to think about and it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like and just knowing, Jen, that, that there's a resource available if you want to do this, that you guys are available and that you just have to get in touch and, and you could make this happen in your community. All it takes is the desire. And boy, that desire can take you a long, long way. You know, if you, if you have a real sincere desire to help people in your community cope with life, um, Kirtan is such a great resource for that. Um, this has been really great, and uh, what a great way to kick off this series on Community Kirtan with the two of you. I just want to thank you so much for being here today, <clears throat> despite our um, <laughs> despite our technical difficulties. We finally got it to work, and and uh, viable interview tool going forward, which is like, oh yes, um, which has been lacking. But at any rate, uh, I uh, I just want to acknowledge you both and, and and just so much appreciation for you both and everything that you contribute to this and and uh yeah i hope lots of people call you jennifer and more people contact you ian in atlanta you know yeah so thank you well it's always such a pleasure to to be a part of these uh these podcasts um i think it's really something that that you know helps to sort of bind everybody together um, in a lot of ways, because that's part of it too. I think you know we we talk about these communities, and and perhaps one of the things that's that's important that you know that Jennifer is doing, and and that you Kitsy are also doing, is helping to create um, you know a feeling of community that uh, of sort of like what we could call like a mm -hmm. meta community, uh, mm -hmm. in the sense of a larger network of the, of, of a larger network of smaller communities um, around the country that are all kind of engaged in the same sort of project. Um, and I think that that's, that's hugely important as well, you know, that people have these resources to, to lean on. So I applaud both of you for, for the work you're doing. Thank you, Ian. And, you know, I also want to point out that it's not just this country. I mean, I had somebody from Jordan contact me the other day. Um, would. You know, and it I mean, as I said, the, the, the podcast I mentioned in an earlier podcast over at SoundCloud, they give a pretty detailed breakdown of who's of who's uh, downloading and it's the United States first, but then it's India and Brazil and Russia. Um, it, that floored me. Um, and so, you know, it's all over the world. People are long are longing for something. And Kirtan just fits the bill for so many uh, that. Uh, think it's important so thank you both i appreciate you being here yeah, today thank you. thank you so much kitsy it's been so it's been so much fun to talk with you both and yeah. we yeah. actually do have a program actually right now in ireland and another <laughs> one maybe in china so you're 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 exactly right it's a global family and how lucky are we to be part of it yeah yeah it's a very very sweet sweet pool to be swimming in i'll tell you that it sure is. Yeah. yeah thank you guys we'll be talking yeah, soon
Jagadam me, 